Welcome to Making the Lemonade with Abby Brown and Lottie Trick. Positive news podcast proving that when life gives you lemons, there's always an opportunity to make lemonade. Hey Lot, how are you? I'm good, thank you Abby. Happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much, the big two five. Oh my goodness, quarter of a century. I know. Can you believe it? No. Your second lockdown birthday or your first? Second. My second, yeah. Although the weather was way nicer last year. And like, because it was like pretty fresh. Yeah. <laughs> pretty like, as in like lockdown was pretty fresh. Like things were still pretty. Oh like, yeah, the novelty right. of it hadn't worn off yet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I was at home with the family. Yes. And got very drunk actually, I seem to, seem to Oh remember. yes. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Had a chill day and I managed to catch up with some friends. So yeah lovely how have you been how's your week been um very good thank you i've had a few bike antics with my new bike um yeah pop tire saddle broken schlepping it across london and zip car um but just another day in your world it's just another day it's just another day in my world and luckily um my two housemates amy and tessa have been there to fix and guide me and rescue me um every single time which is fabulous so i don't know if me me and bikes maybe just aren't meant to be and it's a sign and maybe i should stop but i you know tenacious as i am i'll just keep pushing on yeah third third time's a charm yeah so you know i've got all the gear now little helmet backpack yeah you can't You can't go away from it now because otherwise you just have a helmet on walking exactly. around with a helmet on so <laughs> around London then you would look weird <laughs> so actually I have a little update on something your mother actually put on our whatsapp group oh my goodness so obviously you know about the horse last week therapy horse that's what yes. we're talking about yeah. I seem to remember your mum put on our whatsapp group we for the people listening we have a little whatsapp group my family Lossie's family Mm-hmm. it's quite a nice little thing we've got going on people put random stuff on it anyway Paul <laughs> puts random stuff on it <laughs> which keep me entertained to be fair to other days um about looking at a pony in Yeovil which is close to where we are from um and I seem to recall your mum actually said cute as heck a quote um about Lofty a therapy horse who goes into care homes um and goes onto like the wards and the hospitals and helps patients with their morale and making them happier. And I've actually watched the video and it is lovely. And it is, Claudia, cute as heck. There you go. It is quite nice. So I just, haven't uh, seen that. You have to share that with me. Yeah. There are therapy horses all over the place, which is just delightful. So for my first story, I know in previous episodes I've mentioned Scotland and their nature reserves and oh, the various animals. Haven't you just? Yes. There. So I feel like it's only right if something new comes up, I share it in Scot- about Scotland. Maybe I've got a thing for it, I don't know. Or maybe it's I think somewhat of a poster girl, actually, now. <laughs> Arguably, I think a lot of people might disagree with that, but I think so. <laughs> so Scotland is going to get a new nature reserve thanks to the determined efforts of a rural community which has completed one of the biggest grassroots land buyouts in the country's history. The Langholm Initiative charity supported the community to help raise 3.8 million to buy 5,200 acres of land from the Duke of Buckloe. <laughs> <laughs> Duke of Buckloe. 
I asked my Scottish friend for help on this one and she even voice noted me. So Duke of Buccleuch. Say it with confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They followed a six month crowdfunding campaign in the heat of the pandemic. The sale of the land was agreed on Friday, two days before its deadline. With the sale now complete, work will begin on transforming the Langholm Moor estate into the Terrace Valley Nature Reserve. Peatlands and ancient woods will be restored, native woodlands established and a haven created for wildlife, including hen harriers, the UK's most persecuted bird of prey. Plans for community regeneration include new nature-based tourism opportunities. Kevin Cumming, a Langholm Initiative board member, told Peel Positive News there was a clear desire for this to succeed. Having over 4,000 people from all over the world donate to a crowdfunder is, is quite humbling. It is an unbelievable achievement. As people started to reassess their relationship with nature during lockdown, this project came at, you could say, a good time as people were more willing to give back to nature. Other major funders that supported the project also include South of Scotland Enterprise, John Muir Trust, the Carmen Family Foundation, Garfield Western Foundation and the Bentley Foundation. So as you see, lots of people got on board with this. Um, the Langholm Initiative says, wants to highlight how community ownership can be a catalyst for regenerations with the environment at its heart. It hopes its success will inspire other communities in Scotland and across the UK to bring more land under collective ownership. It's just great. That is. Really, really. Scotland at it again. Absolutely. Um, Bizarrely, my first story is also about a community buyout. So we're still on the same wavelength, Abs. It's just beyond. Yeah. We're episode um, eight and we're, we're there. We didn't even speak about that. Episode eight or was episode seven? Oh, I don't know. I thought... <laughs> I don't know. Around that ballpark. Um, yeah. Anyway, there are plans to create a community-owned farm on the outskirts of Manchester. According to the Kidling Trust website, this project is in response to an unsustainable and unjust food system. By creating a food economy that places fairness, sustainability and health at its heart, one that values the growers and producers of our food, respects and nurtures the land and puts the health and well-being of all our communities centre stage. So um, I went on the website, there is a really comprehensive business plan for the farm available, um, which as you can imagine, Abigail, I did look through. Volunteers are looking to raise close to £400,000 for the farm, which anyone can buy shares in. The Trust has been working for years to reshape the supply chain, which they believe needs to be reinvented to become sustainable for future generations. Interestingly, so I think as you've just pointed out in your um, Scotland story, um, COVID has encouraged people to rethink their relationship with nature. In this example, I think people are maybe starting to rethink their relationship with food and where the food's coming from and I think particularly this is the conclusion which I've drawn upon um, after documentaries such as Seaspiracy and such are making people consider uh, sustainability obviously this project happened long before that Netflix um, documentary came out but hopefully it might garner more um, interest in the project Um, so yeah have you seen Seaspiracy? I have (laughs) I have. I was going to mention that to you later. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I won't touch it now. <laughs> no, it wasn't about it wasn't about it, but it was just about Netflix. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I have um, I have watched it. It's very interesting. The thing that stood out for me most was the, how big these fishing nets are. 
and oh, uh, how they're just <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous but like the the fact that they just like leave them places do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I just couldn't comprehend yeah, it yeah My next one's not necessarily a story, but kind of a company, just showing what companies are doing at the moment. Um, Miski London, who are an underwear company, actually reached out to me on social media um, and asked if I was going to be part of a charity campaign, hashtag GiveABra. Miski London teamed up with Change One's Life to provide bras to women in sub-Saharan Africa with the hope of reducing waste so you don't have to throw your old bras away. So Miski London are on a mission to reduce the waste of textiles and old bras. Over 300,000 bras are discarded in the UK per year. Change One's Life is a UK-based charity trying to help people in sub-Saharan Africa by supplying them with food, clean water, clothes, medical aid and education. So got a few shocking facts for you. So financial independence is hard to gain for women with only 19% of landowners are female. In over 26 countries in the region, Genital mutilation is a real issue. 24% of girls aged 15 to 19 are married. 60% 60 of countries legally allow these girls to get married with the incentive for families being paid. Girls, women are often considered to be owned by their husband or father. So obviously these kind of facts are to us very shocking and still very like we're 2021 why is this still happening but in those countries it's still very real um but hopefully this charity teaming up with misky london will give those women who have these daily struggles a little bit more comfort and also show them a little bit of love with a small act of kindness so if you have any old bras um, and wanted to donate them rather than throw them away you'll be helping someone out and I personally think it's a lovely idea um, and we can add the link maybe to our show notes and so you can see how to donate them um, and get your old bras sent over to Misky London who then will obviously take care of the rest so absolutely that's um, an extremely worthy cause I remember I um, when volunteering in Oxfam quite a few years ago bras were like the one thing that were so sought after just um I guess you don't think about it. You don't think it's so, you know, ubiquitous for us that we would own bras or be able to buy them easily, but they aren't as easy to come back as you're saying. And they're such an essential item. Um, imagine yeah. doing kind of day-to-day chores or anything really um, without wearing one, if it makes you feel more comfortable, obviously if you don't want to wear one, good for you. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but that's great. Um, that's a really great yeah. cause. I'll definitely have a look at it. So Abby, do you remember the days of us running around in our boiler suits, um, enjoying tire swings and um, sledging down a mud hill? Oh, I do. <laughs> when we were younger, I had a I had a blue one. Jake actually, my brother sent me a card yesterday for my birthday, and on it is a photo of me in a boiler suit. So. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Um, playing as children is a huge part of development and a really important way. To express creativity um, and imagination and one non-profit um, Amphil Creations run by architect Pooja Rai in India which is dedicated to enhancing the experience of play for all has built 283 different play spaces using almost entirely painted tires. According to Good News Network 
Located in Bengaluru, most of the play spaces Ms. Rai designs features large tire sculptures of cars, buildings or animals, paired with more classic elements of swings, seesaws and jungle gyms. All of the spaces are built with discarded tires that are located, cleared and inspected for anything that might pose a threat to the children. Next, they are painted and drilled with holes once or twice to ensure rainwater doesn't collect inside. Ms. Rye told uh, Christian Science Monitor, We live in a world where play, such an essential part of growing up, is now viewed as a luxury and even thought of as unnecessary. Constructing the play spaces, like the funding stage, is all done by volunteers, 800 of whom have so far been involved in building. The playgrounds go up not only in schools, but in public parks and even refugee camps, and they are themed to what children in the area want. Whether it's a specialty space for blind children, nautical themed installation for coastal communities, or even a boxing ring instead of a jungle gym with tyres instead of punching bags. A volunteer, Rikas Keshri, said, it has been a really gratifying and joyful experience to be part of Anfield Creations and to bring smiles and play to thousands of children. Oh, lovely. That yeah. is nice. And it's like one of the, you know, the largest populations in the world, India, um, and the amount of tyres and, you know, waste that that would produce. So being able to reuse um, that material for something that is productive and creative and bring joy brings joy is... Fabulous. It's just fabulous. It is good. And I think also like helping kind of promote children to go outside and play as well is also huge, especially at the moment. So I feel like people don't. And maybe that's just me generalising. And it probably is because I don't know any kids really. But, you know, I think we used to love it, you know, and I think now I would hate if kids weren't experiencing kind of all those kind of memories that we had, you know. Mm-hmm. That might, I think that's the case definitely over here. I wonder if that's the case in other parts of the world. Yeah. Um, but it is a real privilege just to be able to have the freedom to run around in those boiler suits and not have a care in the world. <laughs> not have a care. I think we could bring I them think back. That... I think we should get some. I do some. love it. Ma- maybe, I do love them. Maybe matching. But where, where would we wear them? <laughs> if we met up for a drink. <laughs> yeah. Just not matching voices. Just sort of walk, walk around the garden. <laughs> oh, strong. Put them on. Um, the garden. Yeah. We have a weird question for you. Do you ever pee in the shower? Oh my. You don't have weird to be honest with you. If you don't feel comfortable. No, I, it's not something that I do, no. Well, you should. Because. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> Obviously, you don't need to flush if you're peeing in the shower. And apparently, if you showered once a day, and obviously we didn't shower once a day and didn't use your toilet, you could save 1.3 to 1.5 gallons of water per person per day. Oh, my God. So not only are saving on water, but you're also saving toilet paper, which obviously is mostly made from virgin wood pulp and doesn't contain any recycled content and is either made by paper or cotton if you obviously get the normal toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's not perceived as to be hygienic, hygienic, it actually contains less bacteria than some of what's actually on your skin and apparently is a healthy bacteria. So you are saving on some water. You are saving some trees. 
and less toilet roll consumption and then you're already in there to to clean yourself anyway so (laughs) it's all in one it is that is true i think maybe a questionable practice in a shared shower yep or or someone who you're not uh in a relationship with maybe um I but it's a really it's a solid that's a huge amount of water you're saving so there's a really there's a great case for it it really is and I think it's uh I think it it should just become a normal (laughs) if I'm honest (laughs) I think it's quite normal I think it's quite normal and I bet a lot of our listeners pee in the shower (laughs) because if you're already washing obviously don't wash then pee pee then wash Mm. I mean it's a time saver I'm all about a time saver multitasking is time saver key exactly I sometimes brush my teeth in the shower too yeah that's a good one the whole shebang done So the BBC have been collecting positive stories that look back over the last year of lockdown. There have been some really lovely stories, but one that partic- that I particularly enjoyed because I hope to high heavens I will be doing things like this when I'm older and I actually could kind of see my mother doing this and I think you will agree, um, was a story about a 51-year-old 50, woman who took up skateboarding. Susan Palmer from Camborne in Cambridgeshire told the BBC during lockdown I decided that skateboarding could be fun call it a midlife crisis if you will I borrowed a longboard from a lad at work and then brought one for myself from a teenager on eBay I went around the village um, pavements and used car parks to practice away from people and have since found some hills and small jumps to try it's very free feeling rolling along on a longboard and the nicest thing has been the reactions of others everyone has been supportive the first day i went to the skate park there were some lads there young men all teenagers and i asked if they would film me on the board they were very nice about it my children aged 10 and 12 don't think it's embarrassing they think it's cool cycling is my usual thing but it's nice to do something different i was exposed to skateboarding in the late 70s but we lived at the top of a hill so never got into it i'd like to try surfing too maybe i can get into that during the next lockdown so I just think we should be a little so bit good. more Susan and do whatever uh, hobbies or skills we want to take up. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. I actually have a little penny board and What's it does scare board? me. What's a penny board? So it's like a, list, it's like a little skateboard, it's like this big. Okay. That's an um, interesting choice. Why did you guess a penny board? I think it was like a thing at one time. Yeah. So then I got it, and to be fair, on a bandwagon, <laughs> and it's pink and blue. It's really nice. Oh, okay, it's but pretty. Is what it's, you're saying. Uh, it is pretty. It's very pretty, like a light blue. Very nice. Um, been on probably twice. <laughs> sure, sure. But I did enjoy it. It is, yeah. But it does come with a a fear a of not being in control. Mm. But I guess it's like a bike as well, isn't it? You're not. Why well, you are a bit more in control, but like brakes, you, know. you got brakes and yeah. bike, you know, yeah. Um, and because I'm quite tall, I don't have that near the ground vibe. That's how I view yeah, it as well. Central gravity, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we should be a bit more, Susan. Yeah, I'll try being in the shower. You should get on the skateboard more often. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <Deal>. <laughs>
talking of being clean in the showers, um, got another story to help us be clean. What a segue, so, that's lovely. <laughs> so, Sapo Cycle um, is a company which recycles soaps from hotels. It started in Switzerland in 2014 and then expanded to France in 2018. It's a non-profit organisation under the Umbrella Foundation De Fontages. They turned discarded hotel soaps into life-saving products. They are collected from European hotels and reprocessed them and then distributed the recycled soaps to improve sanitary conditions of children and families in need. They also support people with disabilities, making them in charge of the soap recycling, which allows them to work in a more stable environment. Every year, 1.4 million children are dying from diseases like pneumonia and diarrhea but using hand soaps before meals and after using the toilet can reduce diarrhea infections by 40 percent say unicef Mm -hmm. so sapo cycle say on their website hand washing with soap is an easy effective and affordable do-it-yourself protection that prevents infections and saves lives around the globe millions of used hotel soaps are discarded every day and sent off to landfill sites creating an increasing environmental problem with these two big challenges in mind we committed ourselves to making a significant and sustainable contribution with our bubble saving lives program so you can personally donate and help out families that are in need or if you own a hotel or corporation or know anyone that can um you can also help this program um and sign up on their website um Obviously, we don't know anyone probably who Are does Are you sure? I think that might be our demographic here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, people chat. Friends got friends and who, who, who knows who. So, but we can personally do our bit as well and help. Um, so again, we'll probably put that in the show notes and see how you can donate. But I think it's so true. You, know, you only go to a hotel and you, you open a new pack of soap and it's you do wonder like, oh, what happens to that? Because you get a fresh one every single time. So... Um, I just think it's important that uh, where, like, where does that go? And actually, these uh, this company is is actually putting it into good use. So, mm-hmm. really cool. Fantastic. That's great initiative. I'm almost reluctant to tell you about this story because you were going to be so smug after your lengthy coffee tirades recently. Um, but it was your birthday yesterday, so call it a gift. However, I would like the record to show that I did actually get you a proper gift. Um, so he did it was very lovely and actually very relevant to the story so (laughs) apparently rainforests can regrow a lot faster with the addition of caffeine pulp this was supported by a direct case control study run by the university of hawaii and uh, eth zurich they spread um, 30 dump truck loads of coffee pulp over 35 by 40 meter Um, plot of degraded tropical land in Costa Rica Um, so don't worry Abs I've got some science for you now expect so coffee so why are they doing this what's the science behind it coffee grounds are naturally acidic with a pH of less than five and although they aren't always nutritious for some house plants or decorative flowers tropical soil on the other hand traditionally contains very poor nutrient profiles and can tolerate the coffee's acidity it being acidic itself and contains a variety of plants and microorganisms that thrive in low pH environments. Still with me? Still with you. 
<laughs> Authors in, in the study, led by Dr. Rebecca Cole, said, results show that soil carbon, nitrogen and phosphorus were substantially elevated in the coffee pulp compared to control treatment after two years. Coffee pulp addition significantly altered the ground cover characteristics, eliminating pasture grasses, facilitating establishment of herbaceous plants and increasing percent area covered by leaf litter. Indeed, a report from the British Ecological Society claimed the area treated with pulp became a small forest, with 60% greater canopy coverage reaching four times as high than the non-treated area, which mostly remained filled with invasive grasses and weeds. So this is a really significant finding as coffee is grown mostly in tropical climates and tropical soil tolerates coffee's acidity. But tro tropical forests are cut down at rates much faster than others and um, tropical forests sequester more carbon and can contain greater biodiversity than others. So if this pot coffee pulp can encourage um, faster regrowth, that doesn't mean that we can still be cutting down them as we are, because that's completely unsustainable, but it means that we might be able to salvage the damage that we have already done um, faster than already thought um, and try and encourage that biodiversity. Obviously we can't get back the species that we have lost, but hopefully can encourage um, to increase the ones that we still have. So exciting cool. stuff. Yeah, it's a great finding as well. Like very good news, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Restoring the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we mentioned secrecy earlier. I can't actually Sorry, say what? Secrecy. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say it? Seaspiracy, like conspiracy, but seaspiracy. Spiracy. So obviously mm -hmm. you mentioned that program earlier. <laughs> um, as obviously it's on Netflix, um, and that's something that we all probably use very daily. Um, and I definitely didn't really have any thought about how it really got there. If that makes sense. Um, but how Netflix got there? How Netflix came to be? Yeah, just kind of. Wonder well, how it's still kind of going. But it has promised to wipe out carbon emissions in under two years. Mm -hmm. The company has revealed their footprint was 1.1 million metric ton in 2020, which is equivalent to a city with about 150,000 homes. It did decline in 2019 due to the pandemic and the delay of filming. The company say that 50% of its footprint comes from making the films, followed by corporate operations at 40%. The actual streaming accounts for 5% of missions. Netflix reported revenue of 6.6 .6 billion last quarter and has over 204 million subscribers. The company's mission is in line with the Paris Agreement and aims to bring emissions down to zero through projects that remove carbon from the atmosphere. Netflix isn't the only one that has agreed to, to zero emissions. Microsoft announced a plan to be carbon negative by 2030, more than a year ago. Mm -hmm. So after that, Facebook committed to reaching out, reaching net zero with the decades, within the decade. And Apple pledged to be 100% carbon neutral across supply chains and products by 2030. So how are they doing it? Reduce, retain and remove carbon. The targets include direct and indirect emissions produced by the streaming platform, called scope one, two, and three. 
The companies say that it will reduce emissions by 45% by 2030 by installing solar panels and switching to renewables. Another strategy is to hire local film crew to avoid travel and lodging and provide employee commuting options. They're also going to install clean and silent mobile battery units over diesel generators and production at production sites. Also offering free parking and charging to electric cars to encourage more people to use those kind of vehicles. Scope 3 will also look at using their own content to create a positive ripple effect. Miss Stewart, who joined Netflix in October, says the more decarbonisation we can find in our own managed productions, the better off our partners are. So why not look at the whole thing at once? An example of this will be the, like the LED lighting on set, which is 75% more efficient than the other lighting they have now. So big companies are making moves, um, being more efficient. I think it's great. That's um, huge news and essential that those large um, conglomerates and organisations and companies do make those kind of moves for us to make actually substantial um, progress towards achieving uh, UN SDGs and um, keeping to the Paris Agreement. So fab, fab progressions. So that's all for episodes, maybe seven, maybe eight. We're not sure, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. Um, and thank you very much for listening. We will put more details and direct links for these stories and where you can contribute or anything else um, in the show notes, as always. We hope you enjoyed another week of our positive news. We hope you guys are enjoying it. And don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about it. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye. See ya.